This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You're listening to Comedy Central. <sighs> now, Jacqueline, before I read this one, I don't want you getting all excited and giggling and shit because I know hey. how you get. What? What's up, Rod? You're early again. What's happening? I'm just trying to get a promotion. You're back you know? to <laughs> Now hiring. James Corden is stepping down from the late, late show on CBS. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are no decisions yet on who will replace Corden. Really? None. Mm. Any ideas, maybe? He the motherfucker just put in his paperwork, and they've got a year. So, no, no one's going to fucking... Come on, man. This is the internet, You don't bro. replace as soon as, a motherfucker. According the day, to the internet, James Corden should be replaced with Roy Wood Jr. Oh, right now. That's not, what it, that's not what the article said. That's bad. I'm not talking about that article. Enough. I'm talking about the people. Suggested enough. The people. Thank you. The people don't make the decisions. I'm Thank telling you about the article. The article named a number of people. It wasn't just me. I, and after what y'all did to get me all hype about Jeopardy, and I oh. actually tried to replace <laughs> Alex Trebek on Jeopardy and got crushed, I'm not letting y'all do that to me again. I'm not putting my name I mean, in listen, no. This one ain't our fault. I think you can get it. My self-esteem can't take it. Go out I'm for it. I want to see you doing carpool karaoke in an '83 Cutlass Supreme. <laughs> what? Stop the show. <laughs> My name is Roy. This is my job fair. Happy Wednesday to you. JG, you are the white blood cells to keep the show pure. How are you doing today? I'm well, and I would just like to note that I like eastward facing offices. I just want to put that out there. There are a million decisions that go into this type of shit. Mm -hmm. So, you know... Would it be cool to be considered? Of course. That would be cool. But I'm not finna sit here. Like, like, y'all don't, see, I don't think y'all understand. Rod, I don't think you was on when these motherfuckers set me up last year when Alex Trebek died. And they was like, you could do it. You should call your agent. And I was like, y'all really think, y'all think I should do it? Even though I'm I'm clearly the resident weed head here, Rod, I'd like you to also point out that when he did go for Jeopardy, you were right there encouraging him along with me and JG. Absolutely. Am I right? 100%. Okay, all right, I'm good. Yeah. 
because right. yeah. he can do it. And what it? Because he could do it. Yeah. Where the fuck is that email? Because I'm going to reread it to y'all <laughs> verbatim because I want y'all to feel the pain. It just said, nigga, please. Oh, it <laughs> Two words. That's it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, here it is. Here's the statement from Jeopardy's producers last year when I put my name in the hat to replace that host and was crushed. Quote from the, this is from my agent to be, quote, Hey, Roy, it's all closed up. A statement's going out soon that the remaining episodes will go to Ken Jennings and Mayim Balik that I pronounce, Blossom. You, Blossom. Yeah, Blossom. Blossom. The producers decided in the end to not focus on anyone with comedic backgrounds because they felt it would take the brand in a direction away from the academia and serious tone. No, we brought that one up late. <laughs> Basically, you go fuck up the seriousness of this show with I, your goofy ass jokes. We got time for a goofy <laughs> shit. How do I negotiate a bathroom in my office? I just somebody tell me that. But go ahead. <laughs> Every, every room has a bathroom if you want it bad enough. Oh, that's all it is. That's like the old Ron Funches <laughs> joke. All cookie dough is edible if you ain't a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. That's real. That's how you get the bathroom. Like, they don't right. give you the office the bathroom. You just start pissing and shitting on the floor till they move. You. Right. And eventually, I mean, somebody got to give Jacqueline a bathroom. And y'all see her office? Man, she, we got to do something. What I'll say about the Late Late Show is that, uh-huh. you know, Craig Ferguson was there and then James Corden. Okay. And if we're talking about following trends, then I need to develop a British accent. <laughs> you do not. Do it. You do need it. to start watching Top Boy. Stop watching Top Boy and then just memorize everything. So periodically through oh. this episode, I'm, you know, as this podcast goes along for the next couple of months, because you never know who's sneaking and listening and sizing Ooh. me up and shit, right? We're in the cock meal. So I need to... Well, uh, all, all right, so uh, let's move on, right, no. to uh, Cody's most outstanding, yeah? I guess the reason why I was trying to push past that cord and shit is that this is actually a very... Rod, I'm actually happy you're here for this Thank one. Because this one is complicated. In an unprecedented move, the new volleyball head coach at Grambling State University cut the entire team! <laughs> Chelsea Lucas was hired to guide the team, and um, less than two months after starting, she informed all 19 players Mm. that they can get the hell on and their scholarships have been rescinded, and she is bringing in quality players. Now, there's a lot to unpack here, JG, because on the education tip, I do not condone taking an education away from kids. And here's what she also did. Oh, the scholarship. Not only did she cut those 19 players, she told the players that the previous coach, players would already sign a letter of intent to come to Grambling. She was like, nah, I don't even want you either. Oh. What the fuck did I do, coach? I wasn't even there. <laughs> coach Lucas has also been supported by her athletic department. Grambling State Athletics Communications Director Brian Howard said, quote, the decision is her decision to make, and she's got some quality players coming on board. So in terms of things, I hate to say out with the old and in with the new just a little bit. It's very unfortunate, Jacqueline. 
It's a very unfortunate situation. And the players have said, you know, and there's a petition going around demanding the reinstatement of the 19 players to the roster as well as the firing of Lucas and the AD. uh, The petition sits at about 3,000 signatures right now. The players are arguing that they were only – from the time the coach came in and came in to assess the the existing players, they were given less than three practices to show what they could do. And the coach called them all in the office one by one and cut them. And then there's other people saying that it was five players that she cut. And then because of the way the other players reacted to those five being cut, the coach was like, well, all y'all can get it. And all y'all get the fuck on. I love it. I love it. I I support this. Really? Whoa, come on. I I actually support it too, Roy. I support this. This reminds me of Paul Bear Bryant. And the Junction Boys at Texas A&M back in the 50s. I don't know that, but okay. Break it down, break okay. it down. Before Bear Bryant became the superstar, super national championship, legendary coach of the University of Alabama, he got the job mm-hmm. at Texas A&M. And what he did was uh, Texas was experiencing this heat wave at the time. So he took the team that was terrible, and he took them all to Junction, Texas, and had a camp for a little over a week and said only the survivors of the camp would make the team. Everybody had to earn their fucking place. He had no more room for losers on his squad, no more room Mm. for the old losing ways, and I feel like this is what this volleyball coach is doing, and I like that idea. The team is terrible. They brought in a new coach. You got to go all beer parcels. I only want players on my team that I evaluated and I picked. Everybody get the fuck out, and if you're good enough, you can come back. And if you're not, you know, you get a scholarship to some other HBCU since you're so damn good. Player who requested anonymity because of her situation with the team said, quote, I don't understand how she evaluated us when we were running all the time. We would start a drill, but if we messed up, we would run or do push-ups. It was more punishment than actual practice. Sounds like they were terrible at running. We get to show her... Mm. We didn't get to show her any of our skills. If you can't run, why would I want to see anything else you can do if you can't damn run? No. No. <laughs> Come on, it's I'm not. with you. Like, they're complaining about that kind of stuff, which is what you do when you play college sports. That's kind of what it is. If she didn't see the form and all that kind of stuff, crash the whole thing and start over. Why not? I mean, make the kids – I agree with Rod on this. There's a lot. And, and, and the kids are soft. I said it. Kids are soft. This woman is a CEO, volleyball coach or not. She has watched the tapes before she walked through any door. Exactly. She knows what you're made of mm. before you walk through any door. She already knew that she was going to keep a few of you, but then the rest of you want to act a fool? No, you got to go too. I support her wholeheartedly. I will buy tickets to the games and won't even go just to support her. Exactly. That's why they got a new coach because yeah. they did that. Bingo. To that coach. They did, yeah. They had a losing season. They had a losing season overall last year at eight and nine, and they had a losing record in their conference at five and six. I think you're right. She might have kept some of them, but even the numbers don't. Their, their numbers from last year are even bad. Like she has, she had all right to cut them. As far as I'm concerned, that's part and of the I, deal. I believe in education. I truly, truly do. So go open that portal and move on. You just learned a lesson. Always bring your A-game. This ain't like it was back in the day where if you transferred from one school to another school, you had to sit a year. You don't even have to do that anymore. Now you can transfer and instantly play the next year. So ultimately, if y'all are really that nice, you know, I'm pretty mm. sure there's some school that'll take you. I Three to one, I'm sorry. Like, she remains my CMO. 
but I don't agree with cutting everybody because what does that say to the new group of players that you're recruiting in there? It feels irrational. It feels dictatorial. It's controlling. It's impulsive. But it is also courageous Mm -hmm. because even if you don't agree with what she is doing, at no point has coach Chelsea Lucas uh-huh. kowtowed to the opinions of anybody. Not the parents, Absolutely. not the players, mm. not the fans of mm. Grambling. And if your name is going to be on it, then if I'm driving this ship, then God damn it, we going to crash it the way I want to crash it with my players. Mm. I'm not saying she should have cut all these players, but for cutting Everybody on the team. What the fuck did the towel boy do to you, Coach Lucas? <laughs> the towel boy ain't done nothing. And did it to their face. I one by it. one. Two she months into the job. She didn't do it over email. She didn't fucking just have the AD send them a slide a little letter under their door. Hey, baby, come on down to the office. Coach want to see you. Fired them like NFL hard knocks to their face. Classic pig slips in the locker. (laughs) Support her. No, none of that coward shit. Come in my office, sit here, and I'm going to tell you that you getting the fuck out of this goddamn. Turn in your volleyball shorts. Mm -hmm. Grambling State University volleyball coach, Chelsea Lucas. Yes. You are Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Congratulations. Congratulations. Go Tigers. Hang on. I didn't say clap for him. Worse than first time. Now, it's been a while since we didn't had a two-time on the show, JG. The two-timer, the two-time club on the job fair is a very illustrious fraternity where we allow people Mm -hmm. who drop so much knowledge the first time that we had to bring them back Mm. to say some more shit. Mm. For Money Jones in the two-time. Oh, yeah. Carrie Champion in the two-timers club. Yes. Mm. Uncle Derek in the two-timer club. Mm. Not racist Susan. Not racist Susan. In the two-timer club. We got to get Dead Body Sue back on. I want Dead Body Sue back on. <laughs> mm. I keep, we keep bringing that up. But this, this, this woman. Oh, man. Little, uh, woman, uh, little feet. Little feet. Little feet. Little sailboat. Little sailboat. Six yeah, five. Little sailboat. So... We had this woman on uh, back when we was doing Women's History Month. Yes. And, you know, this wonderful judge has just taken everything that is wrong with the criminal justice system and tried to slowly just be a conduit of change. And she has a book that I want to talk to her mm. about. But more importantly, you know, she got a little worse than first action, too. You just can't come in here and talk about your stuff. You got to leave a little breadcrumb of job dysfunction as well. J.G., who do we have as a newly minted two-timer? Today, we welcome back Judge Victoria Pratt to the show. Her book, The Power of Dignity, comes out May 10th. She's here to talk a bit about her book, which centers around criminal justice reform. But first, she'll be sharing a scam story that involved an employee building a makeshift door to her cubicle. Okay, that sounds like a pretty worse job. Judge Pratt, welcome back to the job fair. Thank you so much for having me back. Thank you so much for having me back. So, yeah, this story reminds me that as leaders, we should take a deep breath when things are happening that make us want to explode. At, At the courthouse, I was doing a lot of traffic cases for some reason, and I kept getting these computer printouts and not the actual tickets. And it was very frustrating because that meant 
I knew the tickets were in the building, but I wasn't disposing of tickets on the original document that was just now floating around the courthouse and not being able to be filed because I'm doing these printouts. So I sent the court director on a mission, go get me these tickets. I need you to find out why I can't get these original tickets. And what we found out was that one of the clerks who was responsible for these tickets had decided, had gone on vacation and had brought from their house a large cardboard box and created a door in their cubicle. No. What's the problem? I don't, I mean, I hear what you're saying, Judge, respectfully. Yes. And I respect what you do and you work in criminal justice and everything. <laughs> but why I can't have a door on my, I'd have put a roof on that thing. Because that's, that's not what a cubicle is. That's not an office. Correct. Says yeah, who? Yeah, Says you don't who? get a door. You don't get a, but you don't get a door. Are, are you the homeowners association? Are you in charge of what <laughs> color I paint my mailbox? Mm. The boss tells you whether you get an office or whether you get a cubicle. <laughs> and the problem with you putting a door on your cubicle is that on top of having the cardboard door, she wrote a note to the employees, do not come in here and touch my stuff. Oh, my the gosh. The reality is that nothing that you have at your job is your stuff. It is, mm -hmm. they were work tickets. And it led me to understand that they were having wow. a problem in this department. But what was most interesting was that the colleagues, her colleagues, were respecting this big cardboard box as a door. As they should have. Oh, as God. they should have. Your Honor, does she look like me? Yes, but she's not supposed to she have a door. You better respect that door. I got that. I... <laughs> Listen, you want a roof? I'm, I'm, you were clearly highly respected. Cory Booker did the foreword to your book. So mm -hmm. I have to, I, I don't want you to think I'm coming at you disrespectfully, but I. I there is clearly some level of employee dispute happening when when a motherfucker bring a, a when motherfucker make a door. There is a bigger office culture issue, and there needed to be a group yeah. meeting to go. Hey, why does she feel like she needs, she a, needs door? a door? Why are you mad at me for having a door? Ask them. <laughs> See, the problem is y'all. And that's exactly what I did. I learned that because aside, mm. I was because I was trying to figure out. Why is no one bringing these tickets? And it was because they were behind this paper door that was not real, and nobody would. <laughs> like if you pushed it over there because it didn't have a knot or anything, it would have just toppled over, and I could have gotten my stuff. She made a hut. She made a hut like a first year, like a first grader. She made a cubicle yurt. Yeah. <laughs> like I need my space. You know, yes. you took the sheet and the couch cushion real tight, and then you pull that sheet to yes. the other side. To yeah, the, the baby seat. for it. Like, just. <laughs> and, oh. I mean, they could have gone over the top and gotten my tickets for me, but <laughs> nobody would move this cardboard. It was it was immovable. And it was, it was mental, too. It also says a lot about whether you want to call it the respect or the fear that these office mates had for this one individual. If you could have just pushed the door open, hmm. she might have been. I don't know. I, I personally, I'm always afraid of, in the office, I'm always afraid of the quiet ones and the little ones. Because those are the ones <laughs> who do something real crazy. So, like, to me, she might have been, you know, somebody might have pushed the door once and caught her wrath. And that was enough for everybody else to be like, hey, don't you go touching that dough. Don't you go touch that dough. If you make a door in the office, there's something mentally not connecting. I'm not going to bother your door either. I ain't touching it. Yeah, this is way past putting your name on the food in the fridge. Right, and then she had a nerd to put a sign on the door, too? Like, come on, Judge. That's... 
Mm-mm. I mean, I think that you're right. There was a bigger issue of how people were getting along, and we needed to address that, and not so much that there was a door there. But the no, you got to address the door too. <laughs> you got to address the door. You did right. I I, I would agree. We had to okay. address the door. We had to address the door. So what happened? <laughs> we took down the door. I, took, I mean, the stuff on the door. It's a cardboard box. I took down the box. <laughs> Keep going the, the door. Because it was just a flattened box. Move that. Move that. She came in like a landlord. (laughs) Making no changes to the apartment. Exactly how I felt when you do. Yes, when you change the landlord's door and or you add something and you didn't ask Mm -hmm. for it. Does she still work there? Yes, yes, and she understood. But it was this issue that she felt her privacy was being invaded, and that when she was on vacation, she was further concerned. But there was work there, so. You know, for me, I don't bring anything to work that I can't put in a small box if somebody tells mm-hmm. me to go home. A yes. tiny mm. box. And because everything else here belongs to you and you get to go through it. So I don't well, bring. Judge. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't do that? You bring all your mm. personal stuff to work? <laughs> I do, Judge. I ain't going to lie. I make my, my area real personal. I need like two good boxes to take myself out. I ain't gonna lie to you. In my daily show office, I have a bottle. I shouldn't say this, but I have a bottle of Johnny Walker Black from from when we first premiered in 2015. I have a Nintendo Classic video game system for when I'm brainstorming, mm-hmm. and just a a couple of books. Judge, let's talk about the book as quick as we can here as well. I would assume that this story is not one of the stories that made it into the book. The book is The Power of Dignity, <laughs> How Transforming Justice Can Heal Our Communities. Yes. We spoke in the past, if you want to hear the judges episode, go back to the Women's Week number four called We as Women's mm. is the episode. And, you know, you talked a lot about how you from the you chose to go about your job differently and how you adjudicate it. Uh, defendants. Tell us a little bit about the book and what inspired you to write this. So the book is about my time at the Newark Municipal Court as Mm -hmm. a judge in the arraignment court and also running the community court offering alternative sentencing and having a staff that could address the issues that people came to court with and that they come to court throughout the country with and as I travel globally that they come through and you see throughout the world as well Mm -hmm. which is this idea that we criminalize social ills like poverty, being poor Mm. cannot be a crime, but it is. And how the criminal justice system impacts women differently and Mm -hmm. and it impacts women differently because women end up being responsible, bearing most of the financial burden and particularly black poor women as well. And how people of color, black and brown people are disproportionately run through the court system. So, um, as a woman whose father is a garbage man, was a garbage man, and mother was a Dominican beautician, I didn't see the people who came through the court different than myself, right? Mm-hmm. They were people whose story, um, I think one of one of my issues is that we we punish people because we have this insatiated desire to punish people in the criminal justice system as opposed mm-hmm. to rehabilitating. And we punish them for making bad decisions. And most of the times there aren't any other decisions for them to make, mm-hmm. right? If you have, mm-hmm. if you're suffering from mental illness and you can be jailed for being disorderly. Well, I'm having a psychotic break and you've just made yes. that illegal. I'm just mm-hmm. angry. I'm illegal. a child. So I'm stealing food. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or I'm 18 years old. So I'm going to do things that 
are silly because I'm 18 years old or mm-hmm. marijuana is illegal, but you are policing a particular area of the city that is black greater than any other. So the chances that you stop people who have marijuana on you, on them in one side, it's not, I don't believe it's that, that one side smokes more marijuana than the other. I just think that mm-hmm. if you stop enough people who are black in this area, again, in Newark, you know, 85% of the unconstitutional stops they found were of black people and black people make up 53% of mm. the population. So the book talks about mm. how you can transform justice by treating people with dignity and respect and fairly. And while it's a very simple concept, one of the concepts is this idea of procedural justice, which says, again, if people believe they're treated that way, it increases the public's trust in the system. It increases it increases um, people's compliance with the law as well as satisfaction with the justice system. I also talk about the importance of seeing people beyond your presumptions about them mm-hmm. and the importance mm-hmm. of hearing what people are saying. And sometimes mm-hmm. people can go through an entire court case. And I know you mentioned your experience and the judge never looks up at them. Oh no. And how that makes you feel when you're never a made eye contact. Yeah. That, that happened to you. Never made eye contact. I made it. I made a promise to myself that if I was going to send anyone to jail, if I was going to do anything that they might see as negative, that I would look them in the eye. And that's yes. because if you don't, people hmm. feel like the judge did me dirty. The judge mm-hmm. is not confident in what you know that is not fair. It's transactional. And if that's I couldn't look the person in the eye, I had to rethink what it was I was doing. So this book is about those things and how there's so many things that we could do. Youth court, how we need to create exit ramps for our young people. Youth courts are restorative justice projects across in New York. They're very um, popular, but also in Newark where we train high school students to hear cases and we give officers an opportunity. They can do what's called station house adjustments. People don't know that there's this thing that an officer can bring a kid in and instead of processing them through the justice system, they can send them to a nonprofit. Well, we have in Newark a youth court and these high school students hear cases and they i'm going to say they sentence them but they sentence them to community service mm-hmm. and workshops but we use positive peer pressure to change their behavior because the kids who are doing well are doing community service with the same kids who are mm-hmm. not doing well but what's important is that that same kid who got in trouble for having marijuana in school if the school district sends the case they accept the punishment that the student sent and they don't have to continue to suspend them to the point that they expel them from school and it pulls them out of the justice system and so we keep shirking our responsibility um, mm-hmm. police officers learning how to treat people with dignity and respect and i talk about this procedural justice and policing i am so proud that they use my ted talk at the police academy and I can be I've been walking down the street and have an officer yell oh I saw your video and I use all of those oh. steps out here on the streets and I'm like wow how awesome it is to teach them as a foundation treating people with dignity as, and respect as opposed to having to go back and inserting it as a correction I appreciate what you've written because yes. it exists in the space of positivity about how things can change. And there's a lot of essential literature out there that it's about what is wrong, how we got here, mm-hmm. and who the villains are. But this is how do we get from there to beyond the horizon? The book is The Power of Dignity, How Transforming Justice 
can heal our communities. Judge Victoria Pratt, you are always welcome on the job yes, fair. Now, if you'll excuse you. me, I'm going to put up a little cardboard door here. Thank you. Thank you, Judge. Thank you so much. Now I'm going to get cornered in in the city about who who put up the cardboard box. (laughs) (laughs) After the break, the homie Narado, a.k.a. Rob for short, will drive the show off the rails. We'll be back. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Jopin, we are back. And I do want to say Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Uh, a, big, a big thank you as always to Judge Victoria Pratt. Yes, who's just here on the program and uh, give us a lot of knowledge about her book and criminal justice reform and her journey. We turn our attentions now to a man who is a hypnotic and grape soda's number one customer. He is a former dog track employee and former Merrill Lynch intern. He is also the most liked person by the Comedy Central Viacom Paramount legal team. That is very true. No notes. Makes no sense. On this man. No notes. study brilliance room. That's all you can do. His biggest supporter remains Jacqueline's cousin. <laughs> His mama Which named one? him Rado. <laughs> all of them. We, did, we call him Rod for short. Rod. Oh, real quick, man. Uh, we're going to do another Rod's relationship fair. So let's let's just stop right now, Rod, before we, before we get into topics that you're bringing today to break uh-huh. the ice. Um... RoyceJobFair at gmail.com if you want to be a part of the relationship fair. For the next one we're going to do in a few weeks, uh, we want to hear stories of cheating abroad in the military. Mm -hmm. I found out from a military friend that apparently when troops get deployed, they go overseas and start banging, but the spouses of troops that are still here stateside... They be getting it in, dude. God bless America. Troops be fucking, the spouses be fucking, everybody be fucking, and I want to hear about your stories. If you took part in some of that banging or you know something that happened within your unit, we'll keep you anonymous. RoyceJobFair at gmail.com, and we'll have Rod break down some of that indecent love in the workplace, as we always do once a quarter. 
Rod, JG, I'm not talking to you. You defended the volleyball coach for ruining scholarships. There goes that office. Yeah, Jacqueline, we're going to put you down in the basement like Milton from Office Space. But Rod defended her, too. Rod defended her, too. We bring Rod on this program to give you the job fair listener. Topics you can bring up to your boring-ass co-workers who are always talking to you about the same whack shit that you don't want to discuss. So, Rod... I turn it over to you. What can people bring up this week at the J.O.B.? Right now uh, in Whiteville, USA, the the hottest thing in the streets has been one of the biggest goofs I've ever seen a company make. Um, recently, the good folks at Ulta Beauty, the makeup store and whatnot, yeah. uh, sent out a yeah. promotional email. Asking people to come hang with Kate Spade. And there was a huge blowback from their customers and some former employees citing the fact that Kate Spade died by suicide from hanging in 2018. And that was absolutely the worst word choicing they could have gone with in this situation. So come experience the new brand of Kate Spade fragrances at Ulta stores is ultimately what they were trying to say in a more concise mm-hmm. way. And then they said... Come hang with Kate Spade. See, that's oh. why you don't put 21-year-olds in charge of marketing. But go ahead. Come take a stab at this new O.J. Simpson fragrance. Heads are going to fucking roll at that place. They are. I don't know how they're going to make up for this, but... The meeting is going to be very severe, and a lot of people are about to get fucking fired. Our new fragrance by David Carradine will choke you out. (laughs) Respectfully. Let me just say real quick, we're not making fun of any of these suicides. We're just making other analogies to the fact that you get what we're trying to do here, right? Okay, please don't cancel me back. Need that goddamn late, late show job. So, Rod, how can Ulta make this right? Um, or is it just one of those things you just made the gap and you just got to eat it? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a purely a mea culpa situation. All they can do is apologize because there's, there's nothing you can say or offer people that will make up for opening an email and seeing that outrageous subject matter and headline. It's like Jack want to say, this is the reason you don't put 21-year-olds in charge of marketing. There has to be some oversight. Yeah. Like, the, you, somebody has to run this by a couple people before they say, let's go with it. And I don't understand how something like this could just slip through the cracks. Because the VP of marketing's niece or nephew is in that position. There are no checks and balances at this particular company. There's some nepotism and lack of checks and balances here. One or the other. That is ridiculous and wrong. Research, people. Google is for more than finding out your favorite actor's age, okay? Jesus Christ. Do some research. But then... We have a generation also that's not made of critical thinkers. So even if they did the research. Ooh, spit facts. Okay, see, now you open another can. She's right, though. Let's flip it up real quick, right? 
Well, uh, what's going on with black people right now is uh, a, a story has been going around about how T-Pain demands that all strip clubs turn all TVs to the Cartoon Network when he enters. And a lot of people had some things to say about it, including... Like a contractual? Yeah, almost yeah, like like that. Like, And so the story was that every time T-Pain goes to the strip club, they have to turn all the TVs to the Cartoon Network. And T-Pain chimed in also <laughs> and said, quote, In my defense, if I'm dropping thousands of dollars to see open vaginas and assholes... I don't really want my background entertainment to be friggin' baseball. Also, I only have them change the TVs that are in my private section. But whoever wrote this article thought it would be sound better if they made it sound like I forced everyone in the club to watch kid cartoons in an adult setting. Which brings me to my last point. Strip club times are also adult swim times. So Cartoon Network is just a channel and Adult Swim Facts. is the lineup. Hope that clears everything up. I'm not an asshat. This headline is just another clickbaity thing gone viral, end quote. Nobody, nice. nobody gets better quotes than him. I don't disagree with that. I do think, what would you watch in the strip club, Rod? If you was in VIP, mm. what would you want on the TV? Uh, the exit sign, because I wouldn't be in the fucking strip club. <laughs> Very anti strip clubs. Very anti I would not watch any. What if they got good wings, right? What if the wings is good? I mean, strip clubs do have bomb food because they got to keep you from leaving. That's all I'm saying. But uh, nah, I don't. I don't want to see anything on the TV. I don't want to see the strip club at all, honestly. What if I? What if I went to strip club and told them to put on the Daily Show? <laughs> That's hilarious. Is there gonna be a morality clause in your late late contract? Jacqueline, you'll be more if Jacqueline, if I got that show and you work for me, you're more than free to go to the strip club. <laughs> podcast is Uncle Rod Story Corner. You can get it wherever you get this fine podcast. Rod, scam of the week time. Roy's job fair at gmail.com. If you ever want to be a part of the program, yes. I feel like I don't mention that enough, but somehow people still find us. I guess mm. that's that's an honor, or should I be creeped out? No, it's an honor. It's, it's nice totally to have honor. people join us. Yeah, I mean, but if I don't solicit, and then all of a sudden people just randomly just be sending me, how you find me? You're now? producing a good show. Hello. I'm about to say, and then they find all the rest of us too. So it's crazy that not only you know they find you, they should find you. You on Comedy Central, yeah. you got three specials and some on Paramount Plus. But the rest of us, you know, what yeah. I'm saying, some Jacqueline got videos on YouTube. I'm a comic. Huh? None of my views have increased. However, people will find us. <laughs> people will find <laughs> us. <laughs> oh. Twitter, Facebook, all of that man been finding us. So they did. They know. did. Someone sent us coffee. Because they said we're the People's Podcast, the People's Cup Michael Roastery. They sent us coffee. I'll make sure I share it to everyone. What kind of coffee? Oh, I don't know. I didn't open it yet. It's a gift for all of us. I didn't crack it open. Let me know. I say open it. It's a gift for all of us. You're right. But wait, hang on. This sounds like good coffee. You said roastery. Yes. Roastery. I did. The People's Cup Micro Roastery. It's in Starkville, Mississippi. I'll give it to Salone because she's got the coffee grinding bean machine and whatever. Like I don't know how to do fresh coffee. <laughs> I drink I don't, tea. I don't. I don't, I don't have the devices mm-hmm. to 
for what you're talking about, I don't even have the devices necessary uh-uh. to drink that. I'm sure you and Third do, and I'm happy that they sent it. But you know, ask them if they know somebody if the liquor store up the street want to send me some whiskey. I'm on that button, dog. You gonna get moonshine oh, yeah. in Mississippi? But go ahead. You even better, yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah. Shit, that <laughs> sounds like an upgrade. Send it. Threaten me, JG. I understand that we're talking about animals. Uh, for this scam, who do we have on the phone? We have Taylor, and Taylor resides in the Bay Area and works for a green tech company. But back in 2017, she worked at a doggy daycare in Santa Monica that wealthy and celebrity Ooh. clients paid up to $700 a month to have their dogs attend. Taylor's going to tell us about some of the luxury amenities these four-legged creatures indulged in. Yeah. Taylor, welcome aboard the job fair. Congrats on your upgrade to Silicon Valley yes, there. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Sorry you don't have to scoop Paris Hilton's Chihuahua's dog <laughs> shit anymore. Right. Yeah, Tell just me, my own dogs. <laughs> <laughs> what what is that? Is there anything because I'm not gonna say that pet hotels are a scam, but here's my question, third. How do you know that they're really doing the stuff that they say that they're mm. going to do for your dog? You can't ask the dog. They don't give no, you no video. So there's very little know? oversight. Oh, uh, yeah, very little oversight in the daycare industry. And like, uh, there's there's very little laws. Some daycares offer webcams, so you can like peek in them while they're playing at daycare. Uh, but that, you know, that's not 24 seven when they're in their like rooms for snacks or meals or whatever other nefarious things are going on in the back. Um, which is why I, you know, as a previous employee for two years at a daycare, I would, I would take my dog, um, unless they like were extremely transparent. Let me go through the facility. You know, a lot of uh, doggy daycares will ask you to wait out front while they assess your dog. Uh, don't do that. Are you I saying don't saying it's not for me. Um, well, I would say that you should be allowed to see the back of the mm-hmm. facility. If you are hovering over an assessment where like they're trying to evaluate your dog in an external environment, then it probably is better for you to like make sure at least you can't be seen while they're assessing your dog, but there's nothing wrong with like being able to watch them. Are these pet hotels really doing all of the stuff that they say they're going to do? Like, you know, I dated a person who had a dog and we were getting ready to leave town and like, well, they, they, every day they read to them and then they give them a paw massage and we're going to feed them a keto diet or whatever the, like, is any of does any of that hold true? Like from a diet, let's just go diet. She, we mentioned that the daycare was on the West side. So like Santa Monica, Westwood, mm-hmm. that area is like where all the clients are. A lot of these people are vegan and they would like to extend that diet to their dog to be vegan. Uh, Come on. A vegan dog. It's not my business, whatever. But <laughs> people would like, especially the celebrity clients who come in, their dog probably lives at the daycare more than they live at their house. Oh, no. And it's a lot of times it's those dogs where they're like, oh, we're trying this new food. Can you uh, make sure you implement it into their meal? And this dog will not eat that shit. Like, it's not <laughs> happening. Um, 
you'll keep trying, you'll keep trying. And it's like, well, I'm not going to not feed this dog that's here 20 days out of the month, like mm. while you're boarding. So we're going to make sure your dog eats. Uh, and that's not to say, if, you know, it's your dog. If you want to have a vegan diet, maybe just mm -hmm. make sure you're there to like be the one monitoring it because typical doggy daycare, there's like, there can be 90 dogs in a facility in one day. So 90 times 700. Okay, I'm doing some math. So if the company is making good money, how much are the employees making, Taylor? Minimum wage. <laughs> that ain't right. What you thought, Jacqueline? I mean, you want me to care for this dog appropriately, so I need to be cared for appropriately as well as an employee. But but it's a celebrity dog too. So like not only do you want me to take care of this dog, some I don't know. I, I used to live out in Santa Monica, yo. Like people people will have a bit role in a porn and talk to you hella crazy about their dog. Like There are like clients that will bring their dogs in for an assessment and if we fail their dog, they get, you know, upset. Like there's some I demand to let my dog <laughs> be admitted to this daycare when like you know, we tried your dog and they were very aggressive and what, probably not the best fit. What constitutes a dog failing the assessment? Like he mm. get, nips at another dog, he fucking doesn't yeah, like, sit, he doesn't listen It could to also you. be like the dog is just too scared. Um, mm -hmm. When I when I did assessments, I would fail those dogs. Like I don't want a dog that's like terrified in the corner all day. Like, that can't be comfortable for your dog. And being i've also worked like on the yard as an attendant those mm -hmm. dogs it's like it's very sad um no don't... so and it's also overwhelming okay um just on one dog side there's like 40 dogs on on the busiest day 40 dogs one dog handler How the fuck is this legal like you can't right. have more than like 10 kids per two adult like the ratio is like fucking bananas but okay yeah but... Go ahead. At Jack. our highest capacity. <laughs> so what about your beach days and the hike schedules for these dogs? How mm -hmm. How is that supposed to work out? Or how did that um, work out? walking them? Yeah. A hike schedule? So, yes. Yeah. So we had a, uh, we had a dog taxi. Um, what? Fucking LA is such a fucking another world. A dog taxi. So I would, you know, I would be the first one at the daycare in the morning. That's not like a dog attendant. You grab the keys, you see like who's on your list for pickups that day. And then I'll spend my morning like driving through Santa Monica and the Palisades, like picking up very uh, high profile dogs. Um, and then sometimes, sometimes the dogs get taxied to daycare. Sometimes they get taxied to the beach and they'll spend like two hours. Just They have to be like good off leash. No, I was going to say, did you have to take care of the dog social too when you were doing all this? Like, did you have to make sure they got good shots for the gram if they were like at the beach or yeah. something like that? This is so unreasonable. Mm -hmm. You did. You know, this blows my mind, Roy. Hold up, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me like some of your celebrity dogs had like they own Instagram and, 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 and Twitter and Snapchat? Well, so I didn't manage their social media, but like okay. that's all another right, thing. You're at, the, as, at the daycare, you're supposed to provide report cards. Um and then they like encourage employees to get really cute pictures that are used on the daycare's Instagram, which are also shared with celebrities who often have their own Instagram for their dog. Um, I can think oh, of a famous Lord. Food Network chef um, 
who's got an Instagram account for her pets. Uh, that's you know, oh, she would use that, a lot of those pictures. Down South Georgia girl, get on that right now. Start with Pop Malakshmi and work your way from there. <laughs> We're going to find this person before the end of this episode. Taylor, thank you so thank much you, for coming Taylor. on the show and sharing this. Um, and thank you for being a witness. Yes. Yeah. Of course. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Job fair, bringing it home. Now, I had a I had a friend. Like, like you know, when I get excited on the show, third is when we have a job, when we have someone to explain a job that you don't think about every day, and then you go, "Oh wait, yeah, that is a job. Somebody has to do that. You have to hire somebody to do that job." I had a friend in college who got hired from a career fair. He was a poet. And he got mm. hired to write greeting cards. What? And I'm like, yeah, but then when you think about it, somebody got to write it. Mm. And it's got to be somebody that's good with words. What's it called, JG? Prose? Mm. Is that the official <laughs> yes. literary? Is, is that the word? It sounds like, yes. sound like a job a white person would go to school for. Like that but, their parents would get upset over. Like, Dad, I want to write greeting cards. Yeah, but see, greeting cards have gotten so much more specific and so much more culturally unique. True. So that they are more effectual to the people that are reading them. JG, who do we have on the phone? We welcome Alexis Kerr to the show. And she is the vice president of Mahogany Brand at Hallmark. Mahogany has been Mm. deepening the emotional connection among Black families, friends, and loved ones for over 30 years through their inclusive greeting cards. And I want to add, Roy, that in her role, Alexis is responsible for elevating how consumers see and experience the brand, as well Mm. as expanding it into digital spaces and even television later this year. Oh, that's goodness dope. gracious, Alexis. Welcome mm. to the job fair. And she's vice president. That's the corporate suite. Corporate music hey, time. I Hit it, run, go. Thank you so much for coming on the job fair. Now, your job is something that you, there is a bit of a social responsibility to what you do. There's a, there's a lot to it. I think um, before I started here at Hallmark, Um, I spent uh, 20 years, I don't look that way, but I spent over 20 years in automotive. Mm. Um, Mm. I started selling cars um, to my last role was head in multicultural marketing at Cadillac. 
So I have the opportunity to travel the world, um, create customer experiences in the Middle East. Um, you saw Escalades? Yes, I sold a lot of Escalades, specifically to black and brown people. You said you sold Escalades to the Middle East? Oh, yeah. Um, Saudi Arabia, it's been 70 years in, in the mm. Middle East. GMC, like that brand has run, been around forever. So I love, personally, iconic brands. Hallmark's over 100 years. And when you go from that high end, the Escalade of cards are Hallmark cards. Mm -hmm. um, so I've loved leveraging the power of words, making sure I can touch community and connect, especially th during a time like COVID. It has just been incredible who would have known like you said Roy, who knows that there's a, a job for a vice president to lead an iconic brand but more importantly like the ways in which we engage in community that's what's exciting that's what's dope and that's you know which really keeps me encouraged and that's where i want to start this conversation because when we talk about you know my mother is a hallmark person she only gets her cars from hallmark she gets the little seals that y'all include <laughs> Gold to close seal. Up the, mm -hmm. Yeah, the back of the um, crown. My, my, mm -hmm. my, is that what it's called? See, I didn't even know the official name. I just mm. call it the envelope sticker. She's like, no, mm. baby, I go to Hallmark and I get my... She'll send me back. <laughs> it's the, that is the mark. So that's the mark. That's the seal. That crown is the mark. So you would know back in the day that it was a Hallmark card because oh. of that marker, that seal that gold um, seal, the mark. Oh, I know, I know it's unique because I tried to sneak and just buy some shit at Walgreens and my mom was like, uh-uh, baby, you got to go back to the, you got to go get the official from the Hallmark store. Yes. Now there's Hallmark and Walgreens, so you just may have skipped over the selection. Oh, no, I was on the supply aisle. I was just buying oh, stickers next no. to the station. No, no, no. <laughs> no, we don't do that. No. We don't do that. It's a hashtag, so, no. When we talk about speaking to a particular culture through the written word, there's something sincere about seeing words on paper. It does not hit like a text. It does not hit like an email. There's something about the, the tactile, the tangibleness of that. What specifically, what is it that you believe makes a greeting card black? Or mm. what is it that specifically oh, makes this something that is unique to the to the black experience versus another greeting card and another section of the card of the card. Yeah. Item. So, so great question. First of all, the cool thing is like, there's a Hispanic line, there's a Jewish line, there's an Asian line, and then there's mahogany. So there are other lines for other cultural ideas, IDs or identities. So that's exciting, but there's a number of things that make a hallmark mahogany card. So the first thing is people think of mahogany as the words and that essence and all of that is true. But those deep words that are not just placating off culture, it's not just slang, it is not slang. It's vernacular that resonates with you, but really that keeps you. So it's not, you know, saying just random, um, in culture, faux culture, placating culture words. They're really ones that, that reminisce mama. So, you know, that other than mother. And mom, mama is what we say, grandma, some of those type of words that really connect with our community. So the biggest thing is words. The second is really the art. So it's really that editorial piece that puts the words together with the art. So when you see the card, you see you, you know, that's the biggest piece. It's not, I see a reflection of me. I see what could have been me. A lot of these cards started because black and brown people were like coloring in cards to make the people on the covers black or brown or look like them or red. Or black. So that's how we started. 
And then the words started to resonate, not just with black people. Like if, if, if you saw some of these Valentine's Day cards, I mean, they are exciting. And it's not just black and brown people that are buying them. That Those love cards, that sentiment is grabbing you. It's spicy, a little bit on the edge, a little bit of tantalizing, but we're not giving the whole thing away. So that like is what makes a mahogany card. Mm. There's nuance in the design of the cards. Just for an example here, thank you, Down South Georgia girl, for these two links. Like, you know, if you were getting your wife a card, third, and normally pre-mahogany, it would just, you go to the wife tab in the card aisle and just pick one of them wife cards. But then the mahogany card is for my wife to love a black woman. Mm. And it's a black woman with a crown. Mm. And then inside it's whatever, whatever. Then they have one, thank God for grandmama. And it's some wonderful words and prose written in there. But the little nuance, they have grandma holding a church fan with the little ice cream stick stapler. There we go. With the white church hat. So it's like that is what a black grandmama looked like. A right. black grandmama got the fan with the funeral home ad on the back side. Of the I, like I love that. it. I, I love like it. That. Yeah, it, this next year, this year, the second year of my leadership, we really want to move into those new spaces. So we were at Versus last year. This year we want to be at much bigger spaces where nice. black and brown women are at. We want that energy that Jacqueline has, mm. and we want that newer, younger generation. So that way we can kind of tarry with you. You know, the, the consumers that we have today, our boomers, they've been with us for 30 years since they were our age. And now we're looking mm-hmm. for their children and grandchildren to love and know and be accustomed to the brand. So we're coming out with new products. They are tote bags. They're just more uh, fanny packs. Okay. Um, we're working with bra- black and brown um small business owners, Melissa Butler at the Lip Bar, so we can come up with, hey, here's a new mahogany collection. Yeah. Hallmark got some Jordans coming out. Maybe some Air Force <laughs> we Ones. We don't have Jordans. I was, I, was, I was on that as you was telling me what you was, like, you was just leading out. You was rolling me right down the path. I was like, would mahogany necessarily make cars, for example, to celebrate the day that somebody might get their legalization card in a state that's legal, like, for black people? So there's enough generic cards with messages that you could, um, and I was just on the phone with some of the creators. What we're doing with our cards are not making specific messages for birthday, for graduation, for whatever you Mm. want to celebrate third. We have cards Mm. that have this generic message on the outside still resonating with the community. On the inside, you can talk about whatever that outside looks good, the words, and we're leaving them blank inside so you can celebrate all of those moments. Because because those are real moments, third, for our community. They don't all look yeah. like I graduated from college. I, I did this. I, I made, Maybe it's, I'm seven months sober. I'm a year sober. I, I'm a year right. out yeah. of XYZ. Nice. I mean, those are the real things that are impacting our community. Now, the next thing we need we need to expand to is the white ally mahogany line for white people with black friends. And you were like, you are my black friend. It it doesn't exactly say that, but I will say you would be surprised like how many non-black people over, you know, 30% of our clientele who buy mahogany cards are not black people. So his um, Asian, Mm. because because what you have to remember is that black culture leads culture. And that voice in which I want to talk mm-hmm. to you that's real, that's relevant, that's resonant, that voice that's speaking to Jacqueline, Roy, and you the third, that's the same voice that speaks to Emily where she's like, mm-hmm. oh, those words resonate. So we have a large population of our consumers that are not African-American. So what goes into the portfolio? 
though. Okay, yeah, I, I get what you're question. saying with all of that. You're right because if you're black, you can write to a lot of different cultures. Because even if you aren't a a black woman, you've had a black brother, you've had a black sister, you had a black grandmama, so you could kind of figure out what to how to put the words together. So if I'm submitting a portfolio to mahogany.com to try and get one of these positions you're talking about, what are you looking for? So I think there's probably three good things that are in the recipe. One is a track record of really being able to write and write doesn't mean just being a poet, right? Is a card is written, has to be written from a perspective of 10,000 people have to take a card and be able to I have to have the sentiment in the card um, that has to make sense for you, Rory, as I give it to you. And you have to read it and say, oh, this made sense coming. So it has to be shared by at least 10,000 people going both ways. So that's first. So having a track record for writing for a broad audience with a unique message that will resonate again and again and again and again. So that's the one piece. Two, for artists, that piece, artists I'm using, visual artists, um, painters, uh, creators, um, just the portfolio of the work that they've done. Some people send the, the portfolio of the work that they've done with other brands. We most recently, maybe a month ago, we hired somebody to be one of our visual artists who works on everything social. So they may not know how to write, but they are they can do editorial copy. So they can put together editorial copy with mantras when you see on social um, uh, keep your head up, sis, or what have you. That's not something we would have, but something like that. But it would have yeah. a track record of other things that they've done in and around the field. And I think three, then it's really just how do you articulate and communicate using some of the language that um, we leverage in the business? I think that piece is one of the most underlooked piece, understanding the culture of the company um, and presenting that back in your interview. So, again, it's the portfolio of whatever the work you've done over expand of working for a company and or doing some freestyling kind of um out of the box type work, but putting it all in a really good portfolio. I can't stress a really good portfolio, but the bigger piece to me is being able to articulate that in, in an interview, understanding the Hallmark culture. How should you frame up your conversation when you're talking? What seems aggressive? What's going to come across? Are you articulating your artistic side? Mm. Are you leveraging the power of words in your interview so that I know that you can write? Mm. What type of vernacular are you using? Uh, how are you showing up and showing out? I think those are the things that a lot of people don't talk about, but those things are really important in general when you're thinking about getting a job. It's, the culture is the biggest piece of filling in a lot of the blank. That's that Kamala talk right there. I see you. <laughs> I ain't mad. Mm. She is the VP. Mahogany.com is the website, hallmark.com as well. I'm going to read off as we let you uh, go, Alexis. Um, I got three three things in my portfolio I just put together. I'm going to try real quick to see if I got what it takes to be a mahogany card writer for you real quick. And I'm going to just give you a couple lines of these cards. I have not finished these thoughts yet, but I just want you to tell me whether or not I'm going in the right direction and whether or not my portfolio would be considered for be you know moving on to the next round to the next mm. round okay to the next round because okay. the pivot it's is real it's the first pivot card. is real handle it bro all right first card damn baby you show sure is looking good your booty came in the room before you did 
Okay, no. So we, no, no, no. So we we don't want to mm. talk about any of her personal physical attributes. Okay. Um, mm. That's my bad. We we don't want to start off with the damn. We don't want to do that because uh-huh. remember, okay. ten thousand people got to feel that way. Um, now, what you could do is. That might be what you write on the inside of the card, mm. and maybe mm. the outside of the card is, um, is is. Something. I can feel your presence. Yeah. <laughs> now we're cooking. Okay, mm-hmm. second card. Okay. Second one in my portfolio. Hey, baby, let me borrow your car for a couple of days. <laughs> okay, so now you get into more neutral. There could uh, be a that trip. felt fair. That's making a request. I felt like yeah. yeah. So maybe. Outside of the card says something generic. What are you thinking generic, Roy? Let's push it. I can't wait to see you. But dot, dot, dot. And then you open it. Can I borrow your car? (laughs) Can I borrow your car to come see you? Oh. Yeah. Again, this same message, too, can be handwritten in only your handwriting. Take a picture. (laughs) We can upload it in the card and get it sent off. And the price is right. You say that the mahogany brand is all about the culture of blackness across the diaspora. I've been very specific to say black, not African-American. Mm-hmm. This is blackness from the Caribbean up to England, on across to Africa, coming on back to South Carolina. Now, if there's one issue that I think extends across the diaspora, is this next one. You say you got to hit 10,000 people. I know this is my last one for my portfolio. Appreciate it. hired at mahogany. Grandmama, you can't cook. Please stop cooking. Oh my we gosh. don't want you to cook the dressing this year. Ever since granddaddy died, your dressing's been trash. Oh my God. Now, you know what? Because, no, because I'll... this is serious. Some grandmamas can't cook and the family don't know how to tell them. This is okay. a card that I've cultivated for you Boy, to tell your grandmama. I, I think that... out of all of them. Wow. This one is is getting closer to home. The reason why I say that is because maybe the outside says you can't eat everybody's potato salad. And then on the inside. Mm. Dot, dot, dot. Turn dot, dot, dot. And mm. on the inside, you put that. And, and you know what? Thinking about the generations, Roy, this may be something you want to whisper in Nana's ear. This ain't nothing you want to put in writing. See? You got to think of a card is something mm. that, that Nana's going to put on top of, sit somewhere. It's mm-hmm. a proud representation. Yeah, on the fireplace that's next personal. to the Steve Harvey pictures. Yes. Mm. Mm. That, that, that's personal. You want to whisper that on that ear when you fold up a $100 bill and you tuck it in there and you squeeze it tight and say, Grandma, we might want to pass on a potato salad. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Yeah, I like the way you think because with that old school generation... You, you don't want to leave them any kind of written evidence. No. You know what I'm no. saying? Because that old school, every time you come over to the house, she's going to have that hand extended for you. Like, remember what you wrote in that card? Remember right <laughs> yeah. here? You remember what you wrote in that card, right? Don't come over here and talk about you hungry. That may be the last memory she has of you, oh, and you don't no. want that. It's not my fault she died after cooking some whack-ass dressing. <laughs> How is that my fault? Look, the website is mahogany.com. Mahogany.com and 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 Instagram. I need y'all to follow me on Instagram okay. at Hallmark Mahogany. She is the vice president of Mahogany Brands at Hallmark. Alexis, thank you thank so you. so much for coming on the job. Thank Thanks y'all for having that me. That was dope. I enjoyed it. Thank you all. 
That's the show. Royce Job Fair is a product of Paramount, South Park and Princeton Productions, and Comedy Central. We did it, man. Next week, we're going to do a special Mother's Day episode. We're going to round up a couple of some of the best mothers who have come on the yes. show. And um, I think somewhere in there, I might try and do a Mother's Day theme song. You know, I might try what? and write something. I'm going to go, yeah, we're going to do I'm going to do a Mother's Day song next week. Y'all already had my daddy. I ain't getting right, my mama on here, man. My mama's vicious. I can't deal with that. We're gonna play old guests, like because there's a couple of people that I want to highlight and amplify. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, getting my mom on this podcast—it's mm-hmm. a heavy lift. It, Look, you can't have two I, mamas named Joyce in the same place, bro. Two black mamas named Joyce in the same place ain't gonna work out well for either one of we, us. We have to focus on them now for Family Week in mm-hmm. December mm-hmm. at yep. the end of the year. We need to start buttering them up. Yeah, now I agree. For family Week, so it'll be fun, man. That we should say something. Thank nice you so about much me. to all our guests. Yes. I'm gonna go brush up on my portfolio. JG, I thought that you would have supported me in one of those three cards that I wrote, but as usual, you leave me hanging. No, 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 no. I think it's important show. to note that Alexis is a senior VP of Vice President because she did not deflate you. She encouraged you and corrected you. That's why she holds that position. We're here to uplift and empower our black brothers. We got a card for that. <laughs> I like that. That's I like the that. Show. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.